2: Hello and welcome to this week's Wolves Fancast. Richard Hobbs here after Wolves had, have victoriously qualified for a fifth round of the FA Cup. Joining me today we've got Stu. You're going to be up for the cup, are you? Fifth round, it's brilliant. Exactly, no, no dramas here and we've got Kim as well. Hello there. Hello. So um, <laughs> Wolves, I, I, I started... I'm going to try and be really positive on today's show, guys, because let's be honest, the 90-minute performance against Chorley was anything but. Um, We've managed to get through to the fifth round of the FA Cup, um, thanks to a one-strike from Vitinia. We'll be going through um, the game itself, breaking down some of the, I guess, more positive moments and hopefully providing a little bit of construction uh, to the less great ones and we'll also go through some of the news at the moment because Wolves are potentially about to make a signing and we also will be previewing the Chelsea game happening next week as well. So I guess first and foremost bring your mind back to quarter seven this evening when everything was a little bit you know brighter and rosier in the world. Um, when the starting line out came up what were your initial thoughts Drew? Were you happy?
1: I'll I'd, I'd put 3-0 I'll put a 5 on 3-0 straight away I thought well this is just going to be routine it'll be boring but it'll be a comfortable professional job and I I'd, even however shit we've been I had no reason to doubt that especially with the line-up you think well okay we've gone two up top against yeah we've gone back to our, our normal back three which we've been calling it for weeks for make ourselves a bit solid even if it is against part-timers um, thankfully he was <laughs> But um, yeah, I, I was just, I just thought it would be a routine 2-3-0 three, three, no win. So I thought 5-3-0, 16-1, no, to gate done.
2: Yeah, Kim, we uh, I guess I, I was similar. I think I didn't end up putting in the chat and feeling, you know, a bit annoyed by it, but that was basically the team I predicted. Um, bar maybe, I think, Moutinho for Neves and Gibbs White, who come down with a strong case of COVID after a, Liking lots of tweets. Um, we. How, how do you feel about the team?
0: I mean, you could say I wasn't as optimistic as Stu. I mean, I was happy that we'd started with five at the back, albeit against Chorley. I know, but I still think, you know, if we keep that five at the back for every game, we'll, we'll at least get some kind of consistency sort of moving forward. Um, but then from there, you know, well... We'll go on to that in a bit, I guess, but you couldn't see there was any way that we we couldn't lose the game. But in the end, we could off. Um, yeah, you know, two up top, we had to do it. You know, there was no there was no way we couldn't go two up top top against Chorley, but equally you thought wing backs are gonna get forward, you know, we've got three in centre midfield. So at least Vitina should at least be breaking into the box, but um yeah, I guess overall the lineup though you could say
1: you were content. With it.
0: Yeah, but but then as soon as as soon as the first few minutes started, you just thought, oh god.
2: Yeah, yeah. Pr- pretty much. Um I mean, as he said, we'll we'll try and. Not not necessarily keep it positive for the sake of positive, because, you know, that's not what we're about here. You know, we, we want to give our actual, you know, opinions. But uh, it, it seemed a struggle sort of from the off, and that was sort of to be expected. And I think I went into it with the idea that, you know what, it's going to take us a bit of a while to break these down. Almost, you know, the goal would come in the second half that we'd tie them out. And... It didn't really ever seem to have that flow to the game that Wolves were going to dominate it. We had a lot of possession, but it didn't really seem to get us anywhere. And uh, I guess sort of the first instant really was we had for John Ruddy safe very early on, um, and to be honest, he was probably our man of the match. Um, considering <laughs> some of his, yeah, I, I can see you laughing, Stu, because considering some of his performances in the cup the last couple of years. Um, he, he either seems to have a fantastic cup game or, you know, a bit of a stinker. And today he managed to sort of pull it out of the bag.
1: I thought that that shot after like 40 seconds was going to go straight through. As, as soon as he was on the ball, I thought, oh no, no, not not yet. Please not yet. But yeah, I mean, I've been as critical as Rudy as anyone else, probably more so. Um, but you are right in him I mean he pulled off the one that he tipped over the bar was in, in a superb save, and he was he didn't fuck up anything. He was comfortable, and that's all you really needed as a, a keeper in this kind of situation. But like you said about starting out the blocks and keeping it tight, I thought it was going to be similar to the Marine against Spurs game where it took him about twenty five minutes or something to get the first goal, and then it just it just collapsed, and then it was a formality from then on. So when Vettinia hit that hit his well wonder, wonder strike from nowhere I thought okay there we are floodgates will open
2: and they somewhat didn't <laughs> <laughs> is that what we say I mean let, let, let's talk about the goal itself I mean do you think it was one of them where I'm not going to say it was unstoppable because I don't think any goal is truly unstoppable but it, it but for midfield and defence have done all that's asked of them to, you know, restrict him to having a shot from what was it, about 32, 35 yards out in the end. Um, and the dip on that ball, I mean, he strikes me as a really interesting player, Vitinha, because he he's come on loan with, and uh, with a big option to buy. I think it's about 20 million. 18. 18, sorry. And that seems a, a lot for somebody who, you know, uh, his first couple of games were like in the development team. He wasn't someone who kind of been drafted into start straight away. Um, but for me, he seems to have these little glimpses of quality and I think the goal very much showed a, um, a, another string to his bow.
0: I think it's fair to say, though, that that goal would not have been scored in the Premier League Championship. No. I, I just think... It's a good strike, but one, you wouldn't have that much time on the ball. And two, you know, the goalie, come on. It's a good it, strike, but I just think for uh, me, I think, you know, yeah, even Championship, I think the goalie would have saved. I was going to say,
2: game. Stu, as our, as our resident um, goalkeeping union representative, <laughs> Um what, what are your I, thoughts? Because it, it had dip, but he did get fingers to it.
1: Yeah, he got figures too, and he should have, he should have got a better contact with it. But I think it's, it goes back to the thing that Neves said, remember, a couple of years ago about the mitre balls, how he loves playing with the mitre ball because you hit it and it flies everywhere. And that's probably got something to do with it as well because that wouldn't happen with a Premier League ball. There is something about that. It should just have mitre ultimax and have the little arrows pointing in the middle like the old days and just keep it special. But that's, there's something about that ball in the FA Cup where you see more goals like that go in than you do anywhere else for some reason. And maybe that's something to it, but he should have got a firmer hand to it. But it, at the same time, it was a great strike. And who else in that team would have thought of that?
2: Yeah, I think it for me, it was not quite the reason he was brought into play um, because I don't think any players necessarily brought in just to just sort of bang one in from 30 yards. But we've been crying out from that midfield three to have someone who's just a bit more creative and willing to do something and you know, yeah, he had a he had a lot of time to sort of pick the ball at forty yards out, turn, and you know, they almost probably weren't expecting him to have a go, but you know, there was a level of inviting him on. And I mean, all things considered, the genuine lack of chances we created, not even shots on target, you know, no, just, it was shots, just, yeah, it was shots in general. Um, the fact that he was. Admittedly, it was twelve minutes in, and it's kind of quite easy to say in hindsight. But it's almost worrying to say in hindsight that if he hadn't have just tried his luck with it, where would have the next chance come from? Because apart from that, we, we didn't really seem to create all too much.
1: Well, we would. This podcast wouldn't be happening now. It'd be happening in like twenty minutes time because it'd be extra time. Because yeah. we we're fucking awful again. <laughs> let's let's switch tack then Let's get into it. Because it was wank again. And nothing. <laughs> you look at the we're playing Charlie and yet nine fine.
2: minutes forty into a recording.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's how far we made it
2: before uh, before it's all started to go south. I think, guys.
1: And there's okay, it's all fine and dandy Yeah, we got through. Okay, fine. That's the main objective. But at the same time, we've been saved by. And he's not even a child. I looked. He's twenty years old, which is. Considering he's hardly played football in his life, really professionally, he's a bit worrying. But um, what I've, I've been saying on here for months now, and I, me and Jordan got a lot of shit for the Sheffield United reaction last season, and maybe so, but ever since then, and I said last week and two weeks ago against Everton, there's been there's no creativity in midfield whatsoever, and unless you're getting the you relying on individual brilliance and something from the wings nothing happens and we had wing-backs playing against Chorlett. one of them costing 9 million one potentially costing 18 million as well in Nori, if we won the sign him, 22 or whatever it is and they didn't do anything and you got Catrone, who's we'll come on to Catrone later but again they were mo- they were moving not very well but they, will mo- they were moving and it, they said in commentary that Ian, Ian Wright said last week about Fabio Silva's movement was better against Albion but there's only so much you can run around before the ball just turns around and goes backwards again or sideways and then backwards and then you start again and it's just, it's just grand dog day of awfulness at the minute
0: and I think I think I agree I mean the biggest thing is the creativity now I got pelters on Twitter last week for saying that
1: Fantastic.
0: Jen Donker shouldn't have started against Albion now for me he's just not that player. we're trying to look for him to him to get in the box and sort of wonderfully get all these goals but he's not that kind of player like i just can't see where the creativity and the goals are coming from and i don't blame silver and Catrona. and whilst they weren't great i get it at the end of the day they're not being given they're not even being given any chances and the same with Raúl. To be fair, a few months ago, like he had to create his own chances. So for me, yes, it's great that we're getting a striker in, but we still need to address the fact that you know, apart from Neves, Moutinho and Dendonka are just have just been for me not anywhere near up to the levels that they should be.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. we we I we, so we we both got stick when when you said about um, Dendonka's new contract on Twitter as well when. I agreed with you on it because he's playing a, a like you said he's playing a role that he shouldn't be playing in. And I think he was. I thought he was really good today as well. All things considered, playing his actual role as a kind of box to box midfielder, but he's not Dave Edwards. He can't do everything. So, no. I mean, I, mean,
2: I, I was going to say I, I'm. I'm a big fan of Dendonka, but it's sort of like you know, if he's the answer, what's the question? A lot of the time with him, <laughs> um, and. and he has clearly got a lot of qualities as a footballer, but he's not a quick passer for the ball, which is what you needed today. As you saw when Nevis came on, and immediately he dictated the pace whenever he got the ball. And it was, you know, even if it was to go out wide, there was zip on that ball. It is not something that has really got in his locker. He's got a good engine on it. He can get up and down. But there are points where he's playing on the right wing
1: yeah, that was, it's, that was and, ridiculous. And it's, cross?
2: it's it's jarring to look at. It's like, i uh, trying to think of the best way I can describe this because it's slightly niche. Do you remember England played a warm-up World Cup friendly match against Jamaica and Peter well, Crouch, Crouch hattrick. Hat-trick. yeah a yeah. hat-trick? Do you remember him missing a penalty? Yeah, yeah. It, like it was so awkward to watch someone who was six at seven take a penalty and that's what it reminds me of when Dendon could just see me it wasn't even that like he was on the right hand side but he sometimes link, linked linked up with Doherty and Trey Allray and he's just almost that third man just to play it off with he was actively having to be in a position where he had to take on a fullback and knock in a pass there is no way the system should be designed to have Dendonka <laughs> in that position. And again, I say I think he's got lots of qualities, but he is very much a central player.
1: Yeah, um, we've, we've said all season long, hey, we're a bit it's Dendonka plus one is the formula because he if he's running around doing the work, the the heavy work for everyone else, leave Neves or or Matinho, which pff, I mean, we'll come on to him in a minute, but it's sad to see really. Um, But it's Dendonga plus one because Dendonga does the hard work. You can't have him doing everything. He can't be relied upon to score because he can't head and he can't shoot in an attacking situation. So just leave leave him be. If he wants to cause chaos and be a nuisance, then fine. But everything seems to be targeting towards him in the box. It's just madness. It doesn't change. It doesn't point. Okay, so so it,
0: it does almost like, It's almost like we're hoping that he's going to be our sort of creative Madison Grealish mm. player when he's clearly not, and that's and that's not to criticise him. He's got his own strengths and, and and that kind of thing. But I think to sort of yeah, I feel a bit sorry for him actually. I mean, I suppose Vit- Vitinha has got the um, attributes to to hopefully be able to play that sort of role. But again I didn't see that personally. I didn't see him busting a gut to, you know, link the play and get in the box. I just felt he was apart from the from the goal, he was tidy, um, decent passing. But he did again he didn't really impose himself on the game enough for me.
1: But I don't think that's his fault. I think it showed it that's today it showed more than ever that they are so stranglehold by Nuno and his wankfest of just staying in situ... In <laughs> Put the number down. They're so stranglehold by his determination to stick in the lines and stay in your spot. It's just ridiculous now. I mean, it doesn't make any sense because you could see at times where he was looking up and you could see he wanted to try try and push on, but then he'd turn around and pass it backwards. It was almost like, oh no, I've gone too far now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a slap.
0: Yeah, he, so he was took, in centre midfield. He wasn't playing
2: as that centre attacking midfielder for me. I think so, yeah. I was going to say for me that that arguably said more about the about Martino's performance than Vatinyo's because uh, you know I, I was always sort of told uh, good players always want the ball and. Any good midfielder will always be within sort of 10 yards of the ball, no matter where it is. And there are points where Virginia was stopping really deep just because he needed the ball to turn on it. And it got me thinking at a certain point in the half, where I was like, well, if he's doing that, who's 15 yards further from the pitch? Because we're missing that. And, you know, he seemed to, Virginia missed almost the two people who should be always either side of him. Uh, and, you know, I think that's sort of down to the wing backs. So a lot like of Stu mentioned that he was almost having to get the ball. And it was like, well, where do I go? I have, do I pass the two strikers who are basically just marked up against two big centre-halves or do I turn back and have, you know, Moutinho? And yeah, uh, as I said, I think he showed glimpses. I don't think it was a great performance by anyone, Um, but... Uh, it's still a big question mark for me that midfield because again similar with Dendonka um you know we, we all sort of say a lot of things about him I don't think any of them are wrong but no one really knows what sort of player he actually is you no, know still. I,
0: that's because he's that because he's asked to do so he's been asked to do so many different roles in different games that where everyone's kind of confused when that's never a, a good thing, is it really? I mean, we know Never's strengths, weaknesses, clearly, you know, he can pass, he can control the tempo of the game. Um, he hasn't got that pace, but we know what his strengths and weaknesses are and we know what kind of role he plays in the team. Whereas I don't think um, Ben Donker, you know, he, he's not great at one particular thing, but he's not awful at anything. But then that's kind of a,
2: weakness I think yeah he he doesn't I mean I'd be interested to sort of see him have a uh, we said it's Dendonka plus one in that midfield because he gives you that physicality and he's he's a decent midfielder but I'd I'd be I still think his future's in a back three personally um I think that sort of suits him a bit better on the right side of it but I know, I think it's going to be an interesting one, chiefly, because that midfield, it's a problem that has not really been solved if we're going to be on it, you know, two and a half seasons in the Premier League. Um, yeah. So I think it's, and by, by the looks of, I guess, the transfer window coming to a close in the next week or so, it doesn't seem like it will be necessarily shifting until the summer now. But um, I was going to say, before we sort of round up the first half of the game, um, Stu, Stu, you mentioned about matinho again, who... <laughs>
1: It's he's gone. He's gone from. I mean, when they showed the highlights before the game of the, um, the cup semi final, and all the, the bad memories came flooding back. But when you think back to that season, and he won player of the season that year, and he was the best player I've ever seen in a Wolves shirt, and still to this day, that's not going to change because he was absolutely immense that first season for us. But it's almost like now, it's almost like a tribute act, eh? But like a sheep one like at the Red Lion on a Thursday, not even a Friday. It's it's got to the stage now where he he was pretty he couldn't even chest he couldn't even chest the ball down he was passing out to for throw-ins it just it just looks like a sad end to someone who's been incredible but so at the same time at the, he, at the same time when he's played for Portugal not too long ago he was superb so where's the problem I wonder
0: is that his confidence or is it is it has his legs just completely gone now. Well, that's I, I
1: a bit Well, that's what if if I hadn't watched him playing for Portugal, I would have said it's his time's come. But he was superb, and he was playing. He was playing almost like a number ten at times. That's the, most, the last couple of games I saw him in in a claret shirt. Um, so, is he being throttled as well? And is he being tried? Because going back two years when Neves and Matinho were together and they were great. Then you move on to last season where, yeah, it was a slog. And then you go on to this season and it's just a complete catastrophe. So if nothing's changed and it's you're relying on something that didn't work last year, then how is it going to get better? And you're just dragging everyone down to the same level. And you've got he's completely out of... I mean, he doesn't look short sure of confidence because he's still wanting the ball and he's still trying things, but he's just not coming off. And you're thinking, well, why is he not coming off? Is, he, is there something there mentally? Is he not in the right position? Which, to me, he doesn't look like he's in the right position. And him and Neves seem to not be able to play together anymore for whatever reason. But playing Neves and Matino together now, he's just, a, it's just, well, you just wouldn't do it, would you? And now it's got to the stage where he's, been, he's had probably the worst game of his entire career against part-timers, managed by a school teacher.
0: But then you could say that about and a lot of players could yeah you know, like in our team at the moment, you know yeah, just because, yeah you could just because is of that age, the obvious thing to be would say would be like, yeah his legs have gone, but you know you can't say that for a lot of our players, and they've just looked just as, as bad a lot of them, so
1: yeah i don't I personally don't think his legs are good, I think there's something there's something fundamentally wrong with a lot of, it's not even just one person, is it anymore? It's like the whole team, it's spreading. Yeah. It's almost like it's spreading like a, a global disease through the first team squad where it's, it's not just one, if it was one player playing shit, then you could tackle that fine. But it's not just one. I mean, Cody, when he went, when he got booked and he just sort of pissed off. It's like, oh, well, I've had enough. You think, well, that's you that's your captain behaving like that. It's like the last days of you know, McCarthy when Colin Henry was doing ridiculous things, and it just looks like the the, uh, the temple's crumbling a bit to me you now.
2: Yeah, I think... Um, uh, I, I guess that's sort of nice to move us on to the second half of the game and that Cody booking, because that was almost... That was the second note I made after the second half, was that, A, how poor we were coming out into the second half that first five, ten minutes was... One of the worst periods of football I've seen Wolves play in a while for me, and it chiefly that is relative to the opposition, um, but the, the inability to keep that ball was shocking and to give them the opportunity to do it, whereas, you know, we, we've all watched enough football under Nuno, and usually when we come out after a second half, The game plan is usually we strike them fast, especially when you've not done well in periods of the first half, which does show something to me that it's not quite right there in terms of motivating these players in the same way.
1: Uh, But you say, but you say usually when was the last time that actually happened, though? Yeah, because you got Brighton, second half, shambles, Everton, Albion. Yeah, it's just every week. It's just wank all the time, and it's gone from our walls to play well in the second half. But we don't. We haven't done it all season long. It's it's not even a one off anymore. It's a, it's a thing where it's getting worse and worse.
2: Yeah, I thought I and it didn't really get a lot better uh, for me. And I think the the Cody booking was silly. Um, and it I know there was something about his reaction to it was just a little bit. I wouldn't say odd, but it didn't sit quite right, did it? Um, But, you know, I'm not necessarily saying he needs to be dropped or anything like that, but um, I I thought that when he was in a back four that he's probably – he can play in a back four. Can he do it to a high enough standard? Jury, I think, is still technically still out on that one. But he seems to have lost that aura about him at the moment and that sort of genuine – avertive, outward-going leadership style. Um, And, you know, you can see that because of how organised Wolves look for a lot of the time. And that stems through those players for me. And he is the one who I think gives a lot of those around him that level of confidence. And if he's not on form, if he's not banging the drum, I think a lot of those other players maybe feel it as well. So if he's, you know, his passing games off, his leadership's off, And if a formation doesn't fit him, where's where's his future in this team?
0: I don't think I think that's a bit unfair to say that you know he. Well, you you haven't said that, but to say that he's not he's lacking the passion or the leadership, I don't think that's fair. But I just think throughout the team, I feel like there's a lack of belief in what we're trying to do like you never felt that we thought like can we just go Chorley today put the game to bed and just move on it was always going to be cagey um and whilst i agree in terms of coding himself he hasn't looked himself but that's not just today
2: no i think that this has been for the past few games i think
0: um, And and whether that's because we keep chopping and changing from back four to back five with different personnel, it's throughout the team, and obviously that kind of starts with him. I don't think we're progressing as a team because of chopping, changing, formations, different personnel. Like, that can't help players to, you know, it can't help them. Um, But then equally, to, to counteract that, I suppose you could say, that Nuno is trying to find, without trying to be too obvious, solutions because we're not winning games.
2: So, you know it, it, it is really difficult. And I mean I'm not I'm trying not to have sort of a huge pop at him, but I don't know. I think it's interesting that I can't remember if I said this after a West Brom game, that you know he is he is supposed to be Nuno on the pitch. And you could argue neither of them are particularly form at the moment. And it's almost maybe a bit, you know, chicken and the egg in terms of, well, it is one not quite right because the other's not quite right. And it seems to almost be bouncing off from in terms of, I guess, a, a leadership point of view and not enough players a, a, around them for me are, are stepping up as well. It's not, as Stu said, it's not a singular issue. This isn't, oh, Cody's not in great form or, oh, Nuno's not picking the right team you know we could probably sort of have a relatively in-depth analysis of you know eight of that starting 11 quite easily and say something not you know relatively similar in terms of sort of picking them apart and it's not necessarily sort of super constructive to do so um but i think with with cody there seems to say just doesn't seem to have the same presence about him um at the moment for me but um i the game sort of did slightly change for me um, at about the seventy, I think it was seventy second minute when the uh, subs came on, and sixty eighth uh, minute, sorry, uh, when Neto Nevis intro already came on to hopefully wrestle back a level of control. So you know that about fifty minutes after the first half, and we did look better. Um, which is sort of not surprising when you bring it on two very good wingers and a very accomplished centre midfielder against a team five divisions below you.
1: Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like it's but
2: you that's, know, what it- that.
1: that's what he came. That's what came to. That we we had to bring we had to bring on probably the, the best the player of the season in Neto and Traore is probably our most unpredictable and dangerous winger, and Neves because sort of the whole midfield had done fuck all against Chorley. <laughs> It's it's humiliating again, and it's it's just. <laughs> I mean, when the I, I did momentarily forget that you can make five subs, I thought oh, he's completely lost his mind here. But fair play, he 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 did the right thing at the right time there because we would have conceded sooner rather than later at that point.
2: No, um, it, it it showed it was needed, and I thought I don't think Troy did a huge amount when he came on, but I thought Neto and Neves just. They provided a level of quality that that game was unbefitting off footballs, in my opinion. <laughs> um, it was
0: almost just a control without doing anything spectacular, wasn't it? With, with those two, I think. Yeah. Just to almost like, you know, Neves just hold the ball, pass it simple in his terms that Martino and Dendonka just, and Vitina, they just weren't doing fast enough. And never just made it look easy. Um, you know, and Troyore obviously didn't do a lot, but at least, you know, he was running with the ball. Mm. You know, he had that bit of controversy when he, he left <laughs> his foot in. Against that, that could have been tasty.
2: Played. That yeah. honestly, that 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 kept me going for a good portion of that game second half where I was like, that was genuinely as a point where I was like, do I just start reading my book or you know, actually sort of grin and bear watching this football. And after seeing that I thought something tasty could happen here. I mean, did any It's just a Yeah. <laughs> it, it was an odd reaction. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um
2: I I I'd have been fascinated to have seen triore's face if there was a camera from the opposite direction, because I feel like if triore stared me down um after I confronted him, I would pretty much crumble. <laughs> like mentally, physically, emotionally. Um, yeah, he was like,
0: literally, just after, though, and he was like, he, I thought he might be laughing, but no, he was absolutely stone
2: faced. Like, yeah. f- oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know where to sort of go from there. I was going to say who would win in a fight out of Adama and the entire backroom staff of Chorley, <laughs> but. <laughs> Um I guess sort of the, the the last sort of note I made um in terms of the game and again hopefully ending on a slightly positive note was Willie Bonnie having a decent performance? Um yeah, I mean needed I I think it was needed with with the um West Brom game, that he didn't really no not really Sean Sean particularly well. Um and he seemed to sort of suffer after being out for a few weeks. But it would almost be, be better if he didn't play against West Brom. And this was his comeback game because it was almost suited for him in terms of how they're sort of sticking up high balls because he is our most dominant aerial threat defensively. And he was just soaking it up for large portions of the games, particularly second half.
1: If he hadn't been there, we would have lost that game. If, it, if I mean, again, nothing against Sace, but if if Sace had been in there and, well, it's just the lack of willy-bolly, if that had been a thing, we would have lost that game. Yeah, 100% because he was immense. And I think that says everything we need to say about the game, really, that uh, <laughs> a central defender and keeper wouldn't probably man of the match against Chorley.
2: I can completely agree. Um I was going to say, should we do a sort of, quick man of the match but I think we of almost feels like we've whittled it down between two or maybe the if you just want to give it to him for a goal but <laughs> judging by the last half an hour of this conversation I don't think we probably will <laughs> so um, who would you give your man of the match to Stu?
1: Probably Bollie, he's just he was just immense and he was he say he was more of an influence than anything else at the back because it, it was almost like a Gandalf kind of situation and that's what we needed tonight <laughs> Kim how about you?
0: No, I, I definitely agree. I think it was obvious to see that Rudy and Bolly were at probably only two decent performances. Um, you know, in the air, Bolly was sort of back to his best. And, I mean, I know it's a bit cringy, almost, just to say, because it was against Charlie, so you expect him to be. Um, but, yeah, I think, hopefully, that will give him the confidence to sort of carry on from this now, because you could say that he hasn't been... He, he's been up and down, hasn't he? This season, he hasn't been, you know, he's commanding self that we kind of expected expect from him. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think I think he's, his inclusion back into the team in a back five with Sace, Bolly, Cody, you know, that that's got to be the way forward for me.
2: No, completely agree. Um, and fingers crossed we do something similar against uh, Chelsea, which we'll be chatting about after this short break. Hi, Richard here. Before you go back to hearing us dissect the latest Wolves news, some really shoehorn Simpsons references, a bit of 90s film action, of course, a bit of wrestling. Um, I just want to do a quick shout out for our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. Now, they've done a fantastic job on the Wolves Fancast website, Wolves Fancom. Please go check it out. But they're not just web designers. They're a creative agency that cover all your design needs, from websites, brochures, and signage, to marketing, logo design, and branding. There's basically nothing they can't do marketing-wise. So make sure you check them out at pixelyetimedia.com, and I'll let you get back to enjoying the show. Welcome back. Um, before we talk about the Chelsea game, though, um, Wolves might actually be making a um, January signing and it's not just for a player on loan. Um, Wolves <laughs> look all but set to be signing um, William Jose. Uh, apologies for pronunciation from Real Sociedad. Looks like it's going to be a loan with the option to buy it around £22 million. I think they're still sort of negotiating the, the ins and outs of it because uh, at the moment it looks like it'll be no, no upfront fee for a loan uh, but you know, be lumped with a potentially higher option to buy at the end of it. Um, for me, it, it very much strikes me as a classic Fosun deal in terms of getting a player on loan and then signing him for around 20 million. It's it's part and parcel. It's how they like to do their business model. I think um, on paper, he's, he seems to tick all the boxes in terms of him being a, you know, a big physical striker who can link up the play, but also knows where the back of the net is. Um, I will level with you, though. That is as much as I know about him and the fact he scored a couple of goals the other night as well. Um, so I'm not going to claim to be an expert or anything. Um, Stu, do you fancy claiming to be an expert on him?
1: I watched that game, that's all I'd ah, okay. So, so um, you're more clued up than it than me. He looked great. He looked exactly like the kind of role replacement that you'd, you'd want, really. Um, you only have to look at his goals that he's got a bit of... He's got a bit of the bastard in him, which is what we've been lacking with uh, young Fabio Silva. So he's, I mean, we, uh, we said this to Gully, that It's weird that I mean, I watch quite a lot of um, La Liga stuff, and I can't remember seeing a game with him playing in it. So be that what it is, but his record is superb, especially in that league. So if we're getting him for well nothing to start with, and then and pittance if it works, then well, so so be bring it on
2: yeah i mean he's he, he's he's at least a i was gonna say a qualified striker like our current strikers who are unqualified <laughs> um but i mean fabio's basically got a provisional license hasn't he, at the moment um whereas um big billy jose um seems, seems to you know have all the assets give me you excited about um about the potential signing i mean you've got to be haven't
0: you with uh Current strike force not looking ideal tonight against Chorley. Um, you know, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to, you know, <laughs> bashing Fabio Silva, who's 18, and Katrona, who clearly hasn't played a lot of football, but just having a little gander on YouTube at <laughs> at this new striker, and I know everyone looks good on YouTube. It's fine. But, That's good
2: because this is where I was going to say um, <laughs> short plug for Wolves fancast YouTube channel. <laughs> at
0: least, at least he looks like you know he has the same sort of attributes as, as Raúl. You know he knows where the goal is, but and and to be fair, his goal the other night looked to have kind of come out of nothing. He's one goal just outside the box, so you know he's got to kind of get used to that, hasn't he? You know Raúl almost created goals out of nothing for himself so you know i can't yeah i can't say i'm disappointed and the fact that he doesn't like there's a loan fee did i read that sentence?
2: yeah it, it seems to sort of be um at the moment that it's sort of no fee but higher at the end if we actually do want to buy him um i I've, i find it all fascinating how they're structuring deals at the moment now, now with we now in sort of a post-brexit world and things like that it's uh you know it's the same with the uh, jota deal it's going to be the new rage isn't it in terms of how how deals are actually done and how much is sort of properly open um i mean you both sort of touched on to um katrone sort of covering that as you well should um f- the question is, I mean, he's been linked with a move yet again um, back to Italy, um, going to Parma. Now, my question is, would you keep him at the club and have him almost as a second striker in the depth chart or even third behind Silva? Or would you bin him out? Because I think if we're going to be honest, does Nuno really
1: want him at the club? He was good enough last time. <laughs> he ain't played for, He ain't played for a year. And he ain't good enough now, so it, it's just wasting everyone's time. It's wasting his time bringing him into a country where he can't speak the language. So he's obviously going to be annoyed. And I mean that article coming out the other day saying, "Oh, we, we're going to try and help him, help him come, accommodate him. It's a load of bollocks. We, we talk, what, why? Well. Yeah, I mean, why, why would you even? Why would you come out with something, something like that when he's obviously not going to be here for long? When the, you, you're signing another striker straight away. <laughs> I mean, you got the only thing going for him is that he's he's not old enough to be Kim's son. That's it. <laughs> which <laughs> and I me, mean, you talking about inexperience? At least he's played football. That that's his only. That's the only plus point over Fabio Silvi He has, which other than that, there's no point in being here.
0: <laughs> I'm just trying to keep I, I'm, I'm absolutely speechless because I'm
2: trying to that little little I, comment. There. I, I'm to think. I'm genuinely just trying to think of a link through to Kim here, which is not going to be offensive. <laughs> um, so I, I, I will just go with Kim. What are your thoughts on uh, keeping or hooking Catrone? Well, I actually think I actually feel a bit sorry for him.
0: You know, yeah. I mean, he's kind of just got bought back, and and he almost. From his social media posts, he, he, he seemed that he was okay to be back and he was, you know, ready to go. But then he's had no football, so you've got to give him a little bit of time. And now, now he hears that I would imagine that another striker's coming in. Now, personally, in an ideal world, we'd keep Catrone just as, just for the bench as a third striker, just so we don't, in case we have any of the disasters, you never know, Silva might get injured and then... You know, the new striker doesn't work out, and then it's like, where's Catrone? So I think for me, I would just, but then I guess it's not the fact that it's Catrone, it's just the fact that I'm getting nervous that we'll let, it, we'll let another striker go, have two, one gets injured, and then we're back yeah, in the same position. In the same position.
2: Yeah, that, 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 to be fair, that's my sort of rationale behind it is that whether he's good enough is i wouldn't say it's debatable but he's not exactly lit the world on fire but he has more experience and probably more quality at the moment than silver if he gets a run of games in him i think and he's more likely to score but i think if you put in um jose in there he wouldn't be number one and it really depends on what he wants to think as a footballer at the moment, Um, you know, whether he wants to be in a settled environment or he wants to play, I guess, sort of first team football, whether Palmer can actually offer that to him. He's barely played this season. And, you know, I I do feel a bit sorry for him because he, he has moved last season and it didn't really pan out for him. He threw his rattle out a bit and got shipped out to Florentina and it, it's all become a bit messy for him. And I do feel for him a bit on a personal level, but it's kind of up to him what he wants to make of it all. You know, if he wants to knuckle down and, you know, show us what he can do and show the manager what he can do. Fantastic. Whether it's at this club or another club, sort of up to him. But the last thing you ever want to see is him lose that potential because he's obviously got some, you know, you don't play for AC Milan unless you've got a level of quality about you. Um and uh, we'll, we'll we'll see I guess but with what a, is it a week or so left of the window? Um, as of time of recording, I think it's at the um, Stu, your your fountain of knowledge on these sorts of things. It the um start of
1: February closes again. It normally with, is. I, I don't know if it's if it's changed because of the season starting later. I ain't sure. Yeah, um, but it's normally around about that. So we've probably got a bit a week, like you said.
2: Yeah. Um. I mean, can you see Wolves signing anyone else? If we're being realistic, we we've all talked about the lack of cohesion, economy in that midfield, and probably being a number short in a maybe on a, out wide as well. Do we really see sort of uh, any more players coming in?
1: I mean, I, I wouldn't. I did not see this one. Well, it's still not happened, but we'll act like it is. I didn't see this one coming in, really. I don't think... I mean, they're, they're always saying the solutions are in the squad. And, well, whatever that means. And clearly they're not because nothing changes. And now we've gone out and found this guy from almost out of nowhere, despite his, his decent record. So, who knows? I mean, one thing I could probably say... It wouldn't surprise me if Gibbs White's fucked off again. Just because, I mean, he's he's come back, he's played one game at a position... He's played half of football in kind of mid, midfield. He's done nothing at all, and then you have know, doing that tonight. He's going to be down the pecking order again. You'd think, so that wouldn't surprise me if he's if he shipped out on loan again. But you just never know, do you? I mean, the the, the way that they, they, they just keep everything so in house and quiet that you never know what's going to happen. So. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if nothing happens, but at the same time, it wouldn't surprise me if something did.
2: Kim, are you optimistic about signing anyone else?
0: I feel like if we do, it's going to be someone for the future. I can't yeah. see <laughs> it happening, but you never know. I mean, unless we ridiculously sell triore which again, you wouldn't rule out, would you, you know... From from the players that we sold last season. Um, I almost think you can't rule anything out. I just think a centre midfielder with a bit of creative flair is all I'd ask for. But yeah, I don't think it's gonna happen.
2: So much, just someone who can, you know, create lots of chances for everyone on the pitch. We don't ask for much, do we? Um, but uh, uh, <laughs> you're right well, we, you know, we, 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 it's what we need <laughs> it sounds so stupid when we say it but you know we're just crying out for you know someone it, who can play in that number 10 role who can genuinely dictate a game for us higher up the pitch
1: it's not like it's these people don't exist I mean I mean Wendy at Norwich how many times yeah. have we said this before 15-20 million you're getting for now his contracts is it either this summer or next summer it's up I presume it's next summer. Just go and just spend the fucking money. It doesn't matter. We <laughs> It's either that or we kind of limp around doing nothing at all, kind of bothering the, the bottom six every so often, and then all our players leave in the summer. If that's what you and, want, then fine. And
0: the thing is, we know that one deer looked good in a rubbish and orange team.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was, it, was it, it, was, it was him and Cantwell in that team. And Cantwell scored two goals this season, so he ain't pushed on. But Buendia, you see him every week in the in the highlights on Quest. He's the one who does everything for Norwich. They just go and buy him. I mean, uh, something sort of
2: strikes me as not, I, I was going to say, hot take. I don't think the Wolves transfer policy is quite right. Um, because I think it's sort of, we've got, obviously, Neil likes to work with a small squad, so he's selective in who he wants to work with. But if you're struggling to find players to improve the team, because of your belief in the size of the squad and the type of player, you really try, you know, you try to win a fight with at least one hand tied behind your back a lot of the time. And, you know, Wendy is sort of a, a really good example. So he's someone who did well in the Premier League last season, by all accounts for, let's say for in a poor knowledge team, he's shown he is not almost a one trick pony and he's continued to impress this season as well. His fee isn't huge. It's in that ballpark. Wolves don't like to pay more than they need to for pay- players a lot of the time. And they like that sweet 15 to 20 million place marker. So it's why aren't Wolves in for him? Uh, is it, you know, he's not a new no player. Well, what, what what does that sort of mean? Because we need players. We need them of quality. And we're, we're seemingly being held back at this point by a lack of the right investment in the squad. Maybe
1: it's almost like because he doesn't fit into he doesn't fit into a, a round hole perfectly. That's what that's what this whole thing's been about for f- three four years. We knew knowing it's worked up to a point, but you get to a point where you can't just play. You can't just play. Simple banks of players anymore, you have to have some kind of creativity. You can't just rely on wingers and individual brilliance all the time. And what we've said well, over and over especially again. Especially if it, you
2: don't have to, especially if you don't have a squad who can do that in depth. Yeah. You know, I think, w- I think I think coming in for Jota has worked, but he's injured half the time. Yeah. we, we had Jimenez, he's got injured. What happens then? Those who are two you know, essentially our three main... Crit- Neto stepped up really admirably this season, but he's essentially having to do it all himself in that, in that, that attack at the
1: moment. He's 20 years old, but he's our, he's our only hope.
0: <laughs> and, and you could say as well that we're just that obsessed with the system that arguably Neves has probably got the attributes to yeah. be a creative midfielder. Yeah. But... He's never played in that way. Like, fair enough, lately he has at least been getting in the box and, and, and scored from a goal, like a tap-in. But I just don't think he's played in the way... Like, he has got the attributes as, as to what we've been saying we need, that creative spark. We've got Ruben Neves in midfield and we're saying we've got no creative spark. It just seems mad, mad to say it. But it's just the way he's been deployed at times just doesn't play to his
1: strengths for me but this is going to be the problem when assuming Jose comes in people are automatically going to think oh well that's it then we've got a strike again we're all sorted and he if he don't get chances how's he going to score it's the same problem
2: yeah I think it goes back to what we are saying in the first half of the show it a lot of it comes down to our midfield and that is where fo- it's an old saying but it's where football has won and lost and our midfield three or five, however you want to look at it, you know, if you include your wing backs or you include the wide forwards, it doesn't click at the moment. And that that's that's really troubling. Um, I mean, I think it's going to be an interesting week to see how the transfers play out, but potentially if we sign um, William before uh, early next week, there's a chance he will be playing against uh, Chelsea, which is the next game we've got coming up. Now, For me, Chelsea are an interesting opposition. They're playing Luton in the FA Cup this weekend. They're currently eighth in the league and they strike me as a team with a very high ceiling but a very low basement. Of course, Wolves managed to uh, get points off them earlier this season with a late Sace goal. Um, How are we all sort of viewing this game, I guess? Either we can remove the prism of Chorley um, if we want to, or, you know, it doesn't really matter because we've played you know, pretty poor for the last, well, three months. Um, no, nah, it's a bit harsh. A couple of months.
1: If you ta- if you take new nose history, this would be a battle of the sack race on current form. Because yeah. both both sides are absolutely shite. And they are. It's, there's no there's no beating around the bush about it. That We just are. We're terrible. Chelsea ain't much better. But Lampard's, I mean, we didn't turn up at Stamford Bridge last time. We? it was it was a joke at the end of last season that was a shambles um but I don't know there's something there's, there's something about that chelsea side that there's you got mendy and goal who looked unbeatable in the first few weeks and now he's kind of he looks like he's got an error in him now they've dragged him down to their level mm-hmm. kind of thing so I've got I've probably got more confidence going into that chelsea game because of how bad they are at the minute than I had tonight. <laughs> Just, I mean, that, that's gonna say it all, but it's not going to be a classic. That's, what I'm going to say that much. Um,
0: they're almost there for the taking, aren't they? You
1: yeah, know, exactly. Got, and
0: you know, we've got to play five at the back again, and literally just hit them on the break because they're obviously going to, you know, have a lot of the ball, which is fine. Um, you know, we're going to contain them again if we defensively sound, which is. It hasn't been happening lately, but if we're back to our old, old ways and you've got Neto and Traore on the break, fingers crossed with the new striker, then I don't see why we couldn't almost not just pull off a draw, but, but pull off a win. But, yeah, I think with our defence at the moment, it doesn't feel like that that will happen. But, you know... If you think about it, I think
2: I think we could we could get a result. But I I love how negative we've been throughout probably most of the show, and then we've gone. I think we could nick something here because <laughs> I, I, I'm of the same opinion. And walls are to be fair, Wolves have been inconsistent, and now we've been consistently poor for a bit. And we've got to start the uh, we've got to start the climb back up, and we we know what we're about. Um, At the heart of this team, they the the, the philosophy I don't think has truly changed and we know what we're good at. They just need to rediscover it and maybe against Chorley actually getting a clean sheet. Okay, (laughs) I'm I'm digging here. I am really digging for something. You
1: you just stole it from my mouth. I was was just going (sighs) to say, uh, uh, putting a twist on it, having an actual clean sheet for the first time in months on end is probably, I mean, this tonight, it can't get any lower than this. And even though we've won, it can't get any lower and more humiliating than being outplayed and having less shots than Chorley away. So <laughs> you think, well, okay, we've got a base to build on. There's something there. <laughs> it, it might be tiny, but tiny things, big big trees grow from small acorns. Let's just, let's just go with that. Yeah. And plus the fact that, I mean, jersey's not going to be playing in this game is he though because his registration will come through in time that's the only problem ah
2: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) that's 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 a shame i don't know how long it takes for these to come through now i mean hopefully there's a minor miracle and we end up having to do an extra bit of a segment on a podcast (laughs) on a friday night at 5 to 11 um but i mean we uh kim's talked about her team a bit, Stu. How how would you sort of line up? I'm assuming not four two three one.
1: Oh, for fuck's sake, never again, ever. Is, for as long as Nuno's here, which that's debatable. Him, which I want that to last for. Um, I don't want to see that formation under Nuno ever again, personally. So yeah, just go back to what we know. Just go back back to what we know. Three four three, just get it done. And if that's if that's Fabio Silva or Coutinho up front. Doesn't really matter. I mean, I'll, just on, just on form wise, I mean that that miss against Albion for Catrani. I mean, he just looks m- massively out of m- match fitness, which is obviously the case because he hasn't played football for a year. Um, so, I mean, it's either or it's a, of a bad situation, but we can't do anything other than three four three for me because two, yeah. two two up front tonight didn't work. So, just go back to what we actually are good at and three four three.
2: Yeah, I, I I'd agree with that. I, you know, obviously, I'd probably bring Neto back in, probably alongside. Yeah, yeah, Duncan Neto in in try, right. and you know, Neto's obviously a starter. So it's it's almost well, how, how do you bring out the best of Neto for me? Does he does he perform if behind two in that attacking role? I'm not quite sure. With you know, I can't see Catrone or Silva sort of stretching the play out wide and interlinking to what we need so it sort of just put us down to four three and um, three four three sorry um i think i think it's going to be an interesting game i feel like it's going to have some either really high quality moments from either side but it's also going to have some very poor bits on display as well
1: i mean it, there is one thing to point out though it, even without um jazzo coming in for that game if we get beat comfortably by Chelsea, there is something seriously wrong at this football club because, like Kim said, they're there for the taking. And if we roll over and get spanked by them in the form that they're in, we're in the shit, good and proper, regardless of who we bring in.
0: Unless they suddenly regain their form and look like how they could, how they should look with the players that they have got. But at the moment, when we're losing, we're literally gifting team's goals aren't they I mean Mm. it's not like you know we're getting outfoxed we're literally just every every goal we seem to concede is just from a set piece just horrible defending and until we put that right really we're not we're not going anywhere are we so as long as we literally keep things tight go back to the old ways of keeping it a nil-nil
1: Second half, and just grab a goal. I'd 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 be happy with that, and take it now personally. But yeah, I mean, if if we got nil nil, I'd, I'd do this whole podcast with no top on next week. I mean, I'll be ecstatic because that's just it's going back to classic wolves, and it's what we, we actually are good at. So just do just do that. Just do what you're good at. It's not hard.
0: And and when we went back, to, when we went back to four. Okay, we look more threatening, but we didn't actually score many goals. Still, no, so it
1: made no difference.
0: So if, if we went back to if we went back to four, we went to four at the back and scored three or four goals a game and conceded five. There might be an argument because you know at least we could outscore teams, but we don't. We might consider we might create a few more chances, but we still didn't put the ball in the net. So it's pretty pointless, isn't it? Yeah.
2: What are your? Sc- I was going to say now we've given it the. Uh... Giving it the big talk. What's it? What are your score predictions, guys?
1: (laughs) Nil nil. (laughs) The happiness, happiness of nil nil.
2: One one for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna err on the side of caution and go for go for nil nil, and just really hope that in a way, like we just how it's one one sort of the same process that. Look, we just need to go back to building that foundation, and if it's from nil nils, one nils, or whatever, that's going to be how we kind of climb ourselves out of this in our opinion, in my opinion. Um, let's say before we go on to Twitter corner, um, we have got an email um, that was sent to us early in the week from um, a listener over in California. Um, so a bit big up to all of our American listeners because we know we've got sort of quite a few over there um, but this one's from uh, James Wilson I assume not the same James Wilson who used to play for uh, Man United um, I'm not going to do the accent <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not going to do the accent don't worry um, hey guys um, sorry I, I, did, I, I really won't I really won't I'm, I'll be sensible sorry um, hey guys um, It's your Californian listener here, which implies we only have one. Um, It's a big state, so. Little place here,
1: so it doesn't count. Yeah,
2: so uh, we've got more than. I reckon we've got at least more than one. Uh, Anyway, sorry, James. Um, Loved the conversation around uh, rules of the game, uh, around penalties, which we discussed after the um, West Brom one, where it was sort of very much on the line. Um, And I wanted to add something um, for consideration. I posed a question. Why are fouls inside the box a penalty kick? And I kind of, when I saw that, I was like, hey. Eh? Um, it seems like we just accept um, that fact as it's such an old rule. The penalty kick was devised as means to punish the defending team um, when they fouled an attacking player who was going through, uh, going through to score, handled the ball on the goal line. Um, said, did you know the first penalty awarded in the Football League was to Wolves? Um, which to be honest. Yeah, because we, we, we've we done enough pub quizzes on uh, where wolves have <laughs> cropped up I think on this one but it, it's a lovely little fact. Um, um, so why should any old foul in the box be a penalty? Um, I think, think about it, it should be, it should think about it for a second. It's essentially a free goal Uh, you're giving the team for a foul that may be nowhere near close to preventing a goal being scored. Um, Look at the Robinson penalty. He was in the process of passing the ball outside the box when he was fouled um, and was only one of the Westbourne player in the box who wasn't involved in the play. Um, If a foul was one yard back, it's suddenly a free kick. But since it's in the box, why should they be given a free goal? Um, They weren't even close to scoring at that moment. Um, I I submit that a penalty kick, uh, which gives the team attacking advantage uh by giving them a free goal should only be awarded when a fouls um occurred in the box um which stops a goal scoring opportunity i know it might create more problems than it solves um but as now i wonder if it helps um the tiny bit um where it goes to it. a tiny bit of contact in the box uh, my solution would probably take away 10 to 15 um percent of penalties each month um, but it would stop sort of silly fouls being punished um thanks for taking time to read this uh also it's time we really think about um why we hand out free goals like it's candy so big big, big thanks James for your email on that one it is it, really appreciated and I, I, it did raise a good point i think for me and we'll just really briefly because we we've kind of emotionally sort of moved on from the, the West Brom game to a degree um, uh, my, my question is sort of quickly around sort of free kicks penalties do you think there's any sort of validation in his idea of you know if they're almost facing the opposite way if they don't look like scoring it happens on the corner of the box should it still be a penalty
1: I think what Andy said something like this about um, he, he, he want Andy it was someone else in the group said it about where penalties used to actually be for actual fells in the box and like preventing a goal scoring opportunity which is what he's kind of said there so, I mean, that would make actual sense. I would; would be all for that. I mean, you, you could even have, if it was, if it was a penalty in the area, you could have the old um
2: indirect free kick.
1: Oh no, the um, the MLS penalties situation. Oh, from what, the for Yeah, from the off-way line, you could have, you could bring that back and have it, have it, have it as an alternative situation. But I, I, I know what he means, and I, I'd be interested to see how long he's. Watch football for, um, because this kind of madness has just happened for years. It's just been magnified by VAR and zooming in on the on the actual lines of where penalties are given.
2: I mean, for, for me, it it I understand it and where he's coming from. But you know, if they're facing the opposite way, if they're going away from goal, how are they then given a an opportunity to score from a far greater position from where the foul occurred in? um and part of it is just but that's the size of it that that's the penalty box is what the argument comes down to Mm. same as the you know the six yard box type but that's where it is and (laughs) uh, for me i I don't think it say for for my sort of i guess wacky idea i wouldn't have a penalty box as big as it is i don't you know it's half the size of a basketball court or something ridiculous or a tennis court It's, it's a huge area where you think a goalie can actually handle a football um, or where those meaningful opportunities have. I'd have it 12 yards. I'd have it essentially a what, two-thirds of the size personally. But um, it's also quite late at night for me to have these <laughs> uh, have these thoughts, I guess. Kim, before we briefly go on to Twitter call and hopefully end on a light-hearted note, any thoughts on how big or small a penalty box should be or whether f- fouls should be given, where, depending on where they are? you
0: know what? I've never actually... This is quite a good question, actually, because I've never actually considered it. But when you think about it, so many penalties that are given are where players are literally going blind, down blind alleys or um, have, have almost lost control of the ball and, and the ball's about to go out of play. And, and then they play for the foul, which is, which is fair enough. But it's not like it's, you know, very rarely is it the last man really and and they're about to literally score a goal so hmm, obviously I need a bit of thinking through but I don't hate the idea and and if you think about it if you know when you get an indirect free kick well when I see an indirect free kick which doesn't happen very often you're almost like oh my god is this about to go in sort of thing <laughs> it's quite like a, a niche thing isn't it whereas I don't know, penalties are almost a bit like you, you're expecting the ball to go in, but it's there's so many these days that it's just like ugh, another penalty.
2: I do feel that there should be more indirect free kicks given in the box. And this is a, again, for the suspense around it, having sort of 10 men on the line, um, you know, having someone like Alan Shearer just hammer it or Wolves somehow muck it up completely by sort of trying to do three passes and it going nowhere. Um, you know, I'm more am more Georgia, forward. that was... It was against Georgia. The,
1: uh, I only I only know that because um Nate on Football Neo our friends over there um were talking about it on their podcast this week because they've never seen an indirect free kick in the penalty oh, area before okay. which they've been watching Premier League football for two two three years. So yeah. it doesn't happen very often, does no. it? And I thought well the f- the first thing that came to memory was the one that She blasted. I see I actually,
2: I remember him scoring one I Think against new for Newcastle as well, and it was yeah. basically it was a replica it's of the, the same. It's the same goal. Where it, it is just like I'm thumping this into the top corner. I don't care if your head's going to get in the way of it. Um, and again, I'm all for it. Um,
0: yeah, the, right. the other day as well, there was there was I can't remember who Man City were playing, but there was a Yeah, was it Brighton game? And I was like, oh my god, indirect free kick. I don't know why, but it was, it almost gives you that kind of suspense, doesn't it? Whereas, yeah, penalties are they're too.
1: They're, they happen too
2: often now, don't they? Or is it pamis? Okay, um, right, so we'll quickly go through Twitter Corner now. I've pulled up the um tweets, so do, 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 do. I'm trying to think of a nice one to start us off with. Um, David Evans asks, Um, has Catrone asked Nuno for a second season, Alan Partridge style? Um, that's how he imagines it, anyway. I mean, we've kind of touched upon, um, you know will he stay or will he go with Cotrone? I, I guess to a degree. Um, I think we're sort of, of the opinion, I think me and Kim were sort of very much keep him because he is a body. Stu, Stu where did you sort of land in the end? Will he get, will he recent... get his second season of knowing? <laughs> I can't, I was to think of a past, a pun with knowing me, knowing you, but I'm struggling.
1: Penaping, penaping? No, no that's not working. Um <sighs> Ideally, in an ideal world, he'd knowing be...
2: Knowing fuse you, Lee.
1: <laughs> not the title before you even think about it. Forget that. Um, <laughs> I it as well. for... no, forget that was even mentioned ever. I think <laughs> the problem with him, it's just the fact that the lack of football for me, in an ideal world, that he would be an ideal backup striker. And we could put um, Fabio Silva in the under-23s to get proper playing proper football and giving him proper game time against players of, if you're being honest, his own kind of what he should be playing against, really, at this point in his his development. So, but it's not an ideal world, is it? And he hasn't played any football. And if he's going to be playing second fiddle anyway, and he's coming off the bench, and again, the the miss against Albion, it's just match fitness, and he's not going to get that if he's playing off the bench. So, I don't see the point of him staying, really.
2: The next one we've got is actually directed to you, Stu, uh, from from a song called Scott, um, WWFC 88. Um, Will Stu ever get behind Nuno again?
1: No. (laughs) (laughs) Ever. So
2: even if we managed to finish, I know, 10th and get get to the quarters of the cup, uh,
1: how will you feel then? My problem is... I I, I know that this is the hate will be coming at Studio Four Z. Just, just get it out there. Not fancast. He's bottled it too many times in big games for me now, and it's just there's no real trust that he didn't do it again. So that's that's my big my big issue with him. That it's it happens over and over and over again. And when when we have an opportunity to do something, it's all kind of. Back, negative tactics first and safety first too many times for me and I'd love it to change or I'd love it to change but I can't see so and it, I, I'd i love to change my mind but I don't think I will
2: mm, Interesting um, Next one we've come is a slightly different note um, it's from um, Nag um, at King Wolf 84 he's a regular contributor uh to um, Twitter corner. It's about uh, Wolves win, which I know sort of he's a bit big advocate of. So, um, essentially, Wolves women are top of their league at the moment. Haven't lost a game this season. Still in the FA Cup. Um, I think they were in the, a very similar situation last season um, from yeah. memory. Now they're, they're potentially facing um, their season being null and void again um, with the latest restrictions what would the fan cast solutions be to this situation and that that wasn't what you know what would you it's the fan cast solutions guys so we can work together on this or you know we, we can give our ideas but you know how, how can we fix essentially you know second tier women's football
1: storm the building is the only left <laughs> <laughs> full force like like Ross Kemp in ultimate force style that's the only thing left is that if that if it if they're not avoid it again after what happened last year, as well, just do it on points per game. What's the problem?
0: The, up, like, you you up, do points per game for two years. Thirty points ahead, or something. Yeah,
2: like that. It, it was something silly. It was they. It would have taken a genuine collapse for them to like they. They'd have basically not had to have played um, the, the rest of the season for them to have not um, to have not got promoted or win the league. Um, you know, it's a. Uh, I don't see why if they played essentially what half a season, two thirds of the season last season. If they've done the same this season. Just, just combine the results.
1: Yeah. Well, even I mean, they were talking in commentary tonight. I mean, we have got to mention Adam Summerton's excellent little nod to the um, Kilman Bingo game. Yeah, so ten minutes uh, he, in, he yeah. he, he's, uh, so he's fully aware.
2: Bro- see, so he's broken the fourth wall there, yeah. and you know, ha- if the jokes become self-aware. <laughs> Does that mean we now have to stop joking about it now? Because that's been a good source of content for likes of us and Tim Spears.
1: Well, I think he just because he's kind of one of us now, because like he was saying about the, uh, he was with us in the European adventure and everything. I think everyone else kind of he's not who's not in the Twitterverse, like usual commentators like Martin Tyler and stuff, and are still going to be doing it, oblivious to the um, the kind of the meta joke about the whole situation. So. I mean, what was he even talking about? Oh, yeah, women's football. <laughs> now, what I was saying about the um, National League North, when they were talking about that being being canned for two weeks, which if it's canned now, it's over. Yeah. It's not going to be coming back. So if if everyone's played, uh, you presume, if everyone's played half of the league games, they just call it as it is, it's simple. It's uh, If you played half your games or work it out as a, a, a kind of Duckworth-Lewis kind of average of, of the games that you're missing, and just do it like that. Don't null and void it. If you null and void it, it's the worst thing you could possibly do. So just work. Just find a way to do it.
0: They should have just got unpromoted last season. So yeah, yeah. It's it's getting beyond
1: the joke now, isn't it? Really. And it it would be the same if it was if it was someone else. I mean, obviously not Albion women, but if it was if it was any any team in that situation, it's just not fair. No.
2: Yeah, I think uh, I think it's uh, a genuine um, shame, shock, disappointment how they they sort of treated women's game, large portions of this, to be honest. But uh, that that could be a de- genuinely another pod for another day if we if we wanted to. Um, we will round up on one last question. I like, love to end on a silly one, and it's another one from Vinny. Um, uh, WWFC so his question this week is what would you do with a drunken sailor Kim <laughs> see that makes me scared for your Kim? answers Stu yeah what would you do with a drunken sailor
1: drowning <laughs> um, I'm going to get the next rounding it'd be easy because he wouldn't remember
2: I'll probably just get them some water and some paracetamol. And make, make sure I just got home home okay.
1: And that <laughs> says everything about you <laughs> me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just and me.
0: Showed different
1: there.
2: Just make sure you get home safe. That's uh, that's all, that's all you need. But we'll let we'll end the show on that um, on that light hearted note for myself. And that we will be back after the uh, Chelsea game midweek, where hopefully. Wolves can regain their league form. Um, Big thanks to our sponsors, once again, Pixel Yeti Media. Make sure you check out their website, pixelyetimedia.com. Make sure you check out our YouTube channel. Uh, We've kind of really pushing much more a lot of content on there at the moment i know we'll have um our post-match reaction on here we'll have some clips from today's show on there hopefully uh we might have goodies tactic analysis and we've also got stories from the pack there on monday as well so there's lots of fresh um fun content going on there um podcast wise as i mentioned we've also got stories coming, uh, from a pack coming out on monday as well with dave eastwell um Make sure you're keeping up with all things Fancast and Walls on our socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're on them all. Um, and from me, it's goodbye from Kim.
0: Bye.
2: And it's goodbye from Stu.
1: One last thing. Um, just now in a, in a silly way today, for serious for a minute, um, friend of the show, Steve Koenig's dad, is currently in hospital in a serious way. So hopefully, fingers crossed, thoughts with him. He gets better soon. We'll send our,
2: yeah, send our best to Steve and his family because he's, he's a really top guy, um, who kind of comes over to England as much as he can to come and follow Wolves. So uh, hope everything um, is well with your family as well, Steve. And it's goodbye for me. See you next time.